This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Coming up on today's show, Dragon Ball Z made its way into Fortnite, and both Brittany and Rihanna are losing their minds about it. And welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brianna Manuel Pena. Hello. Mrs. Mrs. Dang it, I knew I was going to forget. We talked about this. <laughs> we did. Oh. oh, it's okay. It's okay. Well, welcome to the show. And Brittany Brombacher is here. Hello. I am here. Wait, you're excited about DBZ and Fortnite? Oh my gosh. I've been playing it a lot. And oh, yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> Get through this shit, Andrew. We got stuff to talk about. We do have <laughs> stuff to talk about, which, you know, Fortnite is just one thing. But thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Jewie's <laughs> Gotten, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Satia, Justin Foshi, Matthew Goudere, and Punctified. And welcome to patreon.com slash what's good games. Jeff Lopez, Tim Burton, Madden, th- I was going to say 32. Yeah. And then I said three, two, three, two, three, zero. <laughs> Birdie and New York Jet Girl. And thank you to our new podcast reviewers. Birdie, there's a bunch of them. There are so many nice people in this world. Tyrant 1106, SB2036064, Seahawk411, Charlizy. I like that. ZB314, Duke3230, and Faffy Jeffy. And we have a lovely comment here from Crest of Flames N7. Badass name. I love this podcast. I work at a front desk and listen to pass the time. I've had to learn how to control my face so I'm not constantly smiling or laughing when people are coming in. Usually I'm pretty good, but I do break, usually from a dirty joke or one of Brit's big burps. Amazing. Mm, you got one of those already today. Oh, you did. My favorite <laughs> podcast ever. P.S. Thanks for introducing me to one of the best video game franchises, Mass Effect. Now I know my birthday is also N7 day and I get Mass Effect news as a gift. That's awesome. Aww. Yeah, yeah, we love to you. hear these stories. Thank you to everybody who takes the time to write us out amazing five-star reviews. It's a great way to support the show if you can't toss us some money at patreon.com slash what's good gain. So thank you to everybody who is doing that and subscribing. Today's show is also brought to you by Shopify and Sonic the Hedgehog 2, but we'll tell you more about that later. Time to talk about Goku. Vegeta. No, Vegeta? No. How do you say it? I fuck it up every time. Brittany, don't be mad. Still love me, please. I know. No, you know I love it when you fuck up a name. Vegeta, sweetheart. Vegeta. Vegeta. It could have gone a very other way, which also oh, like, be but wrong. Why isn't there two E's? Because it's hmm. fucking Dragon Ball Z, man. It's Japanese. Uh. All right, listen. It's in Fortnite. Rihanna, Brittany, you want a Rochambeau? Who's going to take this story or what? I'll I will take it. it. Oh, oh, shit. Kamehameha, <laughs> oh! spirit bomb. Keep laughing. I will take this one. Okay, so <laughs> this is very, very exciting for me personally. I have played some, which I'll talk about a little bit. But 
reading the highlights here. So iconic characters from Dragon Ball, including Goku, Vegeta, Bulma, and Beerus are coming to Fortnite, have come to Fortnite, along with several Dragon Ball themed in-game activities that let you fly as if you were a Super Saiyan. It's literally a Nimbus Cloud. Starting a couple days ago, four Dragon Ball characters are available alongside themed items such as the Power Pole Pickaxe, Kame Sanin's Staff Pickaxe, Nimbus Cloud Glider, Space Pod Glider, Charging Up Emote, Fusion Emote, and Bosenki Emote. And another side note, the power up is several levels. So you can go from base level to blue hair to blue hair shirt off. It is actually pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) The Super Saiyan levels. It is incredible. (laughs) So there will be seven quests that can be completed for Dragon Balls. This is similar to Fortnite's typical Battle Pass quest line. And complete all seven, and you can unlock the Shinran Glider, along with other back bling sprays and other rewards. And these quests will be available starting on August 30th. So get ready, because there's a lot. (laughs) There's quite a bit. There's also going to be a competitive Dragon Ball mode. So it's sort of like versus mode. And I'll I'll pause here and give a little bit of detail because I've played some hours of it now. So what happens is you walk up to a quest board and it's similar to if you're hunting somebody as a target. Only now it'll say you have like a face off challenge. And so then you can see the like nuke bomb symbols on your map and you can go to it and open it up. There will be a Nimbus cloud and a Kamehameha ball. And you can choose one or the other or both, depending on how much room you have in your loadout. And if you choose the Kamehameha, you literally have a power off with whoever else is out there doing the same thing. It reloads. It's endless. It does come a a timer countdown, but it shoots you up into the air, you know, 20, 30 feet or so in Fortnite world. And then you just blast the shit out of whatever's in front of you. It is absolutely worthwhile. And this is a free game. This game is free, y'all. It's oh, absolutely it's free. It's, it's just free. so good. It's so good. Britt, what are what are your thoughts? What are you the most excited about with this one? Girl, fuck. I've been watching Dragon Ball since I was like 12 years old. Like in Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT. And this this Andrea tweeted me, but I may or may not have been in the bathroom and didn't respond. Sorry, baby girl. She's like, are you going <laughs> to play fine. Fortnite with me? And like, yeah, I want to play this. I have to play this because this sounds like this could be the best Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z game Yay! that's ever like been made. There's been attempts. Some people are going to come at me and be like, oh, Saugus. Saugus was good, but that was also on the Game Boy Advance, I believe, back in the day. This could be like the best Dragon Ball thing out there. And I just fucking love it. I just love that. It sounds like what you said, Reed, that there are multiple stages of Super Saiyan. Looks like Super Saiyan Blue is in there, which is like the blue. Oh, my God. Look at this little clip from one Rihanna <gasps> tweets now. Oh, my gosh. It's me. You're going to see you. me blast the hell out of somebody. <laughs> I love this universe where the Z fighters are wielding guns. I fucking mm. love that. I think that is so fun. I can't help but think like what would happen if Gohan had, you know, something on against Cell back in the day. Who could say? So this is the Kamehameha, right? Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. It's great. Oh, my love it. Is Cast- it hard to aim it? No. It's just like any blast. Like, it actually took me a little bit back to my my Destiny days where, uh, you know, as my warlock, I would be tickle fingers and then that was my... Oh, yes. That was my ultimate of choice. It's very similar. Any sort of, like, laser beam move that you've been familiar with in any other game, it feels just like that. I would say the stark difference is it looks like they cast the Kamehameha wave in a few seconds when it takes mm-hmm. about five minutes in an episode of Dragon Ball Z. It's like, or, like several episodes. 
episodes. Uh, yeah, right? Next episode, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Next episode, Dragon Ball Z. Oh, it's insane. I love it. No, I'm, I love this. And, you know, I like how they have Master Roshi, but they call him Kami Senen in here. His little pickaxe, all of it, the Nimbus Cloud, really like you were saying, the space pod glider. I can't get over all of the clips that are making their way of Vegeta and Goku doing dances. Yes. Oh, it's like porn. It's so good. Watching these men move their hips in such tantalizing ways got me all hot and bothered. It's, <laughs> right. just, it's just wonderful. This just sounds so much fun. I'm happy this exists. And they're going all in. Like this oh, isn't yeah. just a little like, here's a few skins. It's like, oh no. I do wish they would have left Bulma's fat ass in here though. But instead we got so, a skinny Bulma. <laughs> about that. So this has been a complaint with several of the IP crossovers that Fortnite has done and a little bit of like developer insight on why that is. So the character model, the rigging and the animation in the world of Fortnite, in order for it to work inside the open world and not break all of the items around it and the collision mechanics that are built, they have to keep the character in a specific set of polygons across like the wireframe that the character models are on. So when you get characters that have particularly like large costumes, hair, body parts, etc., they have to kind of shrink them down to make them fit inside the rigging of the world of Fortnite because otherwise it would just break the game. Um, mm-hmm. I would say Goku's big old titties make the cut <laughs> in this game. Why didn't Bulma's nice butt make the butt in this game? That sounds like a brand director question. Why I'm saying, looking at this picture, Goku was his little, mm, they're out and they're big. <laughs> also shirtless. Also, See above. Oh, mm, God, no, this is wonderful. This is absolutely wonderful. I'm so happy this exists. I would say it's a smart choice of characters, Vegeta, Goku, Bulma, and Beerus. Beerus is fun. I feel like he's relatively new to the series. You know, he hasn't been around since, like, the old school stuff. But he is a fun character, and he has a really fun personality. Rhi, how much of the characters' personalities are in this, or is it just, like, skins? It's literally just skins. Just so skins, okay. Anything that you would get in characters' personalities will probably be some of those later items that you can unlock by doing these Dragon Ball quests, mm. which will be, like, emotes. So there's okay. no vocalization in any of the Fortnite emotes. It's probably all going to be just gestures or moves. You do have the... You know what that means. Yeah, you, you do money. have the... You got to pay the voice actors. got to do the more royalties. Can you see Can you see me doing the, the thing? You have this emote. That's Wait, hold there. on, hold on. Let me go full screen. There we go. So oh, the you, fusion? You have fusion emote. Yeah, fusion. You can, ha. you can get in there. Yeah. But that's, that's all we have, really, that okay. evokes that personality. I love this. I love it's this good. so much. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm happy this exists. I feel like, Andrea, I love you, but you should have just put us in a two-frame with Rhi and I, and we could have done a fusion. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's okay. You're doing great with the B-roll, though. You are doing very good at that. Cool. You know, I'm doing what I can. And I did see some people online, and we're going to move on because we have other stuff to talk about, but I did see some people online, like, poo-pooing this, being like, I don't like this. This is not a natural integration. Oh, blah, get blah, blah. Like, with guns is the worst. <laughs> Fortnite left that behind a long time ago, and have fully embraced Mm -hmm. their position as a metaverse of saying anybody and everybody is welcome. We don't care what IP, what franchise you come from. We will find a way to put it inside of Fortnite. And I think they've almost all worked. I would probably have a tough time coming up with one of their crossovers that felt like it wasn't successful. And don't forget, the people who own these IP had to sign off on this. So it's not like they're taking like these assets and suddenly giving them guns and the Dragon Ball company or whatever has no idea that this is happening. 
It's okay. Right. Just have the, fun. Yeah. Life There's a reason why Mario exactly. and Luigi aren't in Fortnite. It, thank you. Because <laughs> they said no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was asked. There's a reason why like Mickey Mouse isn't in it either, mm-hmm. right? Like, But Master Chief is. <laughs> exactly. This is wonderful. Some characters are good for it and some just, you know, maybe not a good fit. Moving on to our next story. Private Division has partnered with Weta Workshop to publish a new Lord of the Rings game. So this write-up comes from Game Informer. Private Division, a publishing arm under Take-Two, in case you guys forgot that they are under that umbrella, has signed a publishing agreement with What a Workshop to publish a new game. Of course, if you don't remember, What a Workshop is the graphic studio behind the Lord of the Rings trilogy, directed by Peter Jackson, and it founded a video game division. That team is now developing a, quote, new game set in the Middle-Earth universe of J.R.R. Tolkien. So basically the highest of high level of detail. (laughs) on what this game could possibly be about. There's some PR fluff here about how they're very excited to work together, which is obvious because, you know, Lord of the Rings is a great property. And I guess we'll find out more about it. It's in early development, it says. Doesn't have a release date. Expected to launch sometime during Take-Two's fiscal 2024, which honestly is a lot sooner Mm than I anticipated. Oh, yeah. And so that to me makes me feel like, is this a AAA or is this something smaller? Because Take-Two said it was either earlier this year or late last year that they were looking to expand into mobile. They obviously bought Zynga for a bunch of money at the beginning of the year. So I'm like, is this a mobile thing? There's a lot of Lord of the Rings mobile stuff out there. Is this something that they're going to be making? Private Division, though, hasn't really done any mobile. All their stuff that they've done so far has been all pretty much all console focused. They do have some PC stuff, but it's interesting. Uh. I looked at their stable of developers that they've worked with. They don't have a lot of their like in-house, but they have a lot of partnerships. And I really don't know what this could possibly be, but... I'm very skeptical because the Lord of the Rings franchise, you either get really good stuff or really bad stuff. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you mention, you're right, like that's not a long time from now until supposed release. And they don't mention console on here. And I feel like that would probably be a big question mark for people. They would see this big, oh, cool, what consoles are coming to or something. But the fact that it's not mentioned, it does have me thinking like, oh, yeah, you could be onto something with this mobile shenaniganry. Because if they did say, oh, it's a mobile game, you know, it's just the hype for it's going to go completely down the shitter. Because that's just how we, a lot of people, react. Even the mobile gaming can be very fun. And there's some great games on mobile. It's just kind of like that knee jerk, like, Ugh. We are you are are you a Lord of the Rings super fan or a fan? No, I've seen it. Uh, definitely okay. not like Andrea. <laughs> okay, no, no, this is some Andrea nerd level shit. So Andrea, what you don't have the Tolkien custom? No, we don't artwork Mm-mm. edition. No, it's fine. I have said on this show, and we'll reiterate again that I lost many, many hours of my life and hundreds of dollars to the Kabam. Lord of the Rings, mobile game, Kingdoms of Middle-Earth. Am I susceptible to do that again? Maybe. I mean, having a small child does it definitely makes it more difficult for me to check in with my alliance every couple of hours. But I'm down if it's going to be a mobile title and it's going to be something different and interesting. I just, it's so hard to do an RTS in the mobile space well. There's a lot of competition and the time that people have to commit to the games just isn't what it used to be. And People are just tired of the monetization schemes that are in so many mobile games. It just makes it exhausting. But there's the whales out there that exist that keep making money. And so the executives keep seeing the money being raked in on mobile. And they're like, let's do it. And I'm just like, I don't know. 
So yeah, it's a big, it's a big meh. I like Private Division as a label. I think that they've put out some really cool stuff, but I don't know what this is going to be. Any more details? Yeah. Feels very high level right now, mm-hmm. but one to keep an eye on. And now the gif heard round the world <laughs> that Brittany put into the show notes ahead of our next story. <laughs> oh God, I had so much fun with this one. Sometimes I play around in the show notes and it's a good time. All right. So we did have that fan email. God, who was that from? Sorry, I can't remember your name. You came up with an amazing drinking game for us. And one of the rules was every time Andrea has to do a disclosure that John works for Disney, take a shot. So in our show notes, I put, take a shot, bitches. It's disclaimer time. And then I found a <laughs> glorious gif of one John Drake, double fisting Diet Cokes, attempting to take rapid sips out of them, but failing due to laughter. Do you know what the story is behind this gif, Andrea? I don't know the story behind this gif. I have it on the, <laughs> this is up from, on the Giant Bomb website. It's great it's watching so it good. over and over again. It is. <laughs> yes, it's great. This is definitely during his harm- his harmonics days. <laughs> and if he wasn't working right now, I would go get him and make him tell the story on the show. But as such, I will try to get him to record something with me where he can explain exactly what was happening here. But if you are listening or watching the show and you're not familiar with John Drake and his love affair with Diet Coke, let me just explain that Diet Coke is pretty much the only thing that my husband drinks. He does drink a variety of sparkling waters now. Like since when we first started dating, I introduced him to sparkling water and he was just like, no, it's not for me. And I was like, but you can't only drink Diet Coke. Like you have to give your teeth a break from Diet Coke. Give your pancreas a break. Like you have to drink something else. And so I broke him down and he started drinking some sparkling water and some other stuff. But his Diet Coke love persists. And I don't blame him. Diet Coke is delicious. It's a delicious beverage. And there is no substitute. I go to a restaurant and I ask for a Diet Coke and you bring me a fucking secret Diet Pepsi, I'm going to be mad. Just tell me you don't have Diet Coke. Don't bring me a Diet Pepsi and be like, ah, they're the same thing. Bitch, they are not. Wow. <laughs> I kind of want to do, I, I don't know if I've ever tried a taste test before the two, but now I'm very curious. They're very I hope different. I become this passion. Oh, they, okay. I'm not really a pop drinker, yeah. so okay, I got to try it though. I feel the same way when yeah. they try to make a fake ginger ale and I'm like, that is absolutely Coke and Sprite with water. Stop it. Like, get oh, out of here. The, get out of oh. here. The disrespect. The disrespect. Ugh. I love it. Just be transparent. Just tell me you don't have the thing I asked for. <laughs> and I will say, bring me a club soda, please. I'm like, I will still buy a drink from you. Just not that drink. I'm such a stinking Because then you're going to bring it and I'm going to know it's not Diet Coke. And then you're going to throw it in the trash and bring me the thing I want anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Are we back to talking about stuff? This is all because Brittany put a gif of John. <laughs> Thanks, John. Look what you did to us. Show. Okay, yeah. So take your shot. Disclaimer time. Andrea's lovely husband, John, works for Disney. She knows nothing, so don't get mad at her. All right. That's correct. Disney and Marvel Games Showcase has been announced for September 9th. This comes from GameSpot. So if you didn't know, Disney's D, is it D23 or D23? I'm assuming 23. 23. D23. Okay, D20. Mm-hmm. What does the 23 stand for? Oh, 23 represents 1923, the year that Walt Disney arrived in California and founded what was ultimately to become the Walt Disney Company. Perfect. And what's there what's you go. the 33 then? It stands for, oh, 33 Royal Street. According to Disney, Club 33 is simply named after its address, 33 Royal Street in New Orleans Square at Disneyland. Oh, All right. well, there Good you time. go. Now you learn. Okay. <clears throat> As I was saying, <laughs> Disney's D23 Expo kicks off in September, and this year there'll be a digital showcase devoted to featuring new content from upcoming Disney and Marvel games, hosted by Kinda Funny's Blessing Adioy Jr. Yay! Yay! Congrats, Short King! You did it! 
<laughs> I was wondering if you're going to get that in there. What do you say is like average height above average person? Yeah. Congrats, he, bless. <laughs> he said that we're liable. Yeah, Mr. Average. Yeah, exactly. Um, it will be live streamed through its social channels. According to Disney, we can expect new releases for Disney Dreamlight Valley, Marvel's Midnight Suns, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, as well as the first look at Skydance New Media's Marvel game. Ah! It's slated to take place on September 9th at 1 p.m. Pacific. The D23 convention was originally scheduled for 2021, but was delayed until this year and will run from September 9th through the 11th. The event usually offers fans an opportunity to see footage from upcoming movies and TV shows, as well as get a front row seat announcement to upcoming films, theme park expansions, and more. Oh, yeah. Now, listen, like, I'll say, like, I'm not the hugest Disney fan. Like, I've loved their stuff and I'll watch it. But, like, I'm really excited for this one. Yeah. It's been a while yeah. since there was a D23, obviously, because of the pandemic. And they don't do one every year. Most years, yes. But some years they don't. But what was great is that this kind of came out of nowhere. I know that people think that I know what's going on. But spoilers, I, she I, don't, I don't know what's going she on. She doesn't even know what and the, the 23 stands for. the blessing news was such for. a pleasant <laughs> surprise. I was like, oh, that's great. I'm sorry. Well, listen. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> No, this is great. Like I said, you know, I love the Disney films. I'll watch them. You know, I have a good time, but I'm, you know, there's some people out there that are like, fucking Disney. It's like their whole life. And I think that's wonderful. Oh, yeah. But I imagine it's just like a really exciting time. It's a really exciting time to be a Disney fan. Or what is it? There's never been a more <laughs> better time, whatever the fuck. Cool. This is great. Good job, John. This is the John Drake It's the John Drake show. The Disney showcase. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I'm really excited um, to see. I'm what, definitely excited to see this. That's what I was stuff. just going to say. Yeah. See what Miss Little Amy has going up going on hopefully it's something it's something cool because there's no shortage of like in progress star wars games there's like six or something crazy that's happening but we haven't seen much except for some teaser logos we got that one really baller trailer from quantic dream for the game they're making we don't know anything about the skydance thing we haven't seen anything from massive and their star wars game we haven't seen anything about respawn's game just want to see some stuff. Yeah. Soon. We can ask Blessing. Soon. Maybe he'll tell us all the secrets. <laughs> Pretty sure he probably signed a giant NDA. I mean, as someone who, yeah. I mean, you know, you did the EA. Pres I did the Resident Evil. Like, yeah, we know. We, there's no way. He won't tell us. Yeah. But we can. Pretend. The contracts are, are long yeah. and complicated. Takes a long time yeah. to read. All right. In case you missed it, Hogwarts Legacy finally has a release date. Porky Games has announced that it will be released on February 10th. 2023 it's been pushed back several weeks and while we never were given a date originally now we've got one so there you go hey. mark your calendars and this is so fun this is kind of a weird one fifa 23 accidentally sold for a mere six cents and ea said they will honor it so it was accidentally listed the hundred dollar version by the way 99.99 ultimate edition was listed for the equivalent of six cents on the India Epic Games Store. And the publisher said, you know what? It was our bad. We'll honor it. They said, we scored a yeah. pretty spectacular own goal. I like that. Yeah. I see these kind of things happening all the time, particularly on um, GameStop's website. You know, usually there's like an error with their website or whatnot, and then people are nabbing really great games for like bucks or pennies. I've never been able to make it happen. There was one copy of something. I can't remember what it was. And I got as far as the cart and then it just aired out. And I kind of Yeah. Amazon also just cancels your orders. I've successfully ordered some like price mistakes on Amazon. And then you just get an email like a couple days later yeah. where they're like, 
oh, oh, whatever bullshit excuse. We've canceled your order. And you're like, what? Oh, man, they cancel your order anyway, especially when you're trying to, yeah, like pre-order consoles or something. You never know if you're going to wake up to that dreaded cancellation email. Exactly. (laughs) So uh, I'm glad. Good job, EA. You've got more than enough money. I'm guessing it probably wasn't that many people that bought it. Yeah. If they're like, no, no problem. Sense. Let's look like the good guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Positive PRB. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we have a bunch of fun games to talk about in the next segment. And, of course, I didn't mention it at the beginning of the show, but we also have a really fun interview with the co-CEO of Iron Galaxy, Adam Boys. So stick with us, everybody. We'll be right back. What's Good Games podcast. This is the second segment where we talk about what we've been playing and any preview events we may or may not have been to. But before we do that, I want to let you know that this week's episode is brought to you by Shopify. Shopify is more than a store. It's a way to connect with your customers, drive sales, and manage your day-to-day business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. We love how Spotify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. Whether you're a streamer launching your first merch store or an artist looking to sell your prints to your fans, Shopify helps you reach customers online and around social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. You can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. Shopify is more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Now you can go to shopify.com slash what's good, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash what's good right now. Shopify.com slash what's good, all lowercase. This episode of What's Good Games is also brought to you by Sonic the Hedgehog. The world-famous Blue Hedgehog is back, everybody, in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. After settling in Green Hill, Sonic is eager to prove he has what it takes to be a true hero. His test comes when Dr. Robotnik returns, this time with a new partner, Knuckles, in search for an emerald that has the power to destroy civilizations. Sonic teams up with his own sidekick, Tails, and together they embark on a globe-trotting journey to find the emerald before it falls into the wrong hands. I feel like I should be reading this in like a movie I feel like you should voice. be too. Right? From the filmmakers behind The Fast and the Furious and Deadpool, this next level sequel stars James Marsden, Ben Schwartz as the voice of Sonic, Tika Sumpter, Natasha Rothwell, Adam Pally, and Jim Carrey returning alongside new additions Shamar Moore with Idris Elba as the voice of Knuckles and Colleen O'Shaughnessy as the voice of Tails. Is that good enough? That's pretty Pretty good, good. right? The movie's super fun, you guys. And if you haven't seen it yet, it is a great time. Sonic the 
Hedgehog 2, of course, is now available on Blu-ray and digital, which is why we're talking about it today. So invite some friends over for a movie night and grill up Sonic's favorite chili cheese dogs mm. Mm, and watch this next level sequel today. Check it out at SonicTheHedgehogMovie.com. That's SonicTheHedgehogMovie.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brittany, you have been playing a game that I found super intriguing when they first announced it. And I'm going to be honest, I forgot that this game was coming up. Oh, man. I was so excited when I got the email in my inbox. Thank you for the review code. And I was like, oh, my God, yes, I need this. It actually came in when I was in Hawaii. And I uh, was just looking for something to kind of play poolside. And it was absolutely perfect. So we are talking about RPG time, The Legend of Right. And Right is spelled W-R-I-G-H-T. This game's actually been out on Xbox since March. But now it is available, I believe. It just came to Switch and PlayStation. I played on Switch. So this is developed by Deskworks. And this game, ladies, has been in development for 10 years. So it has... That's a long time. It has been cooking for a minute. Anyway, yeah. Like, if you're watching on YouTube.com slash What's Good Games, I think it's very apparent why this game would catch anyone's eye. But for those of you listening, it's this hand-drawn notebook. So what's going on is that you have your friend, 10-year-old Kenta, and he has this huge-ass notebook with a lot of physical props that he's made. Perhaps it's origami or clay or beads. The life bar is measuring tape. Your sword is a pencil. And you are playing an RPG in his notebook. And it's all hand-drawn style. Everything you see on the screen is pretty looks handcrafted. And it is just so charming. And that charm is admittedly what has been keeping me playing. And when I first saw this, when I first started playing, it just really ignited that childhood imagination. It just perfectly kind of materializes that. I used to love playing notebook RPGs. I used to play Ocarina of Time in a notebook. I would like draw it out in my notebook and my friend Reka would sit next to me and I would like, because I played that game nonstop, I had it memorized in my head what it looked like and I would draw it out and I would turn the page like, oh, here's a treasure chest or here's a skull to love. What do you want to do? And it instantly just like brought me back there and it is so charming and that's what I love about it. But it does run into some issues and I think for me, okay, so obviously it's charming as hell and it's really cute, but you never really, your hand never gets let you never Kenta never lets go of your hand is what I'm trying to say he narrates pretty much everything you do whether you're looking at something or whether you know you walk into a new room I mean I'm pretty sure right the main character here couldn't take a shit without Kenta narrating it (laughs) and so for that reason it's not really even an RPG I would say it's more of a narrated point and click adventure game question mark question mark question mark it feels like every step you take Kenta is saying something and while the writing and whoever designed this I think is a literal genius I mean it's so cute and they've really gotten into the head of this 10-year-old game master here. 
But yeah, it, it gets a little too, there's a lot of text. Too much text, not a lot of gameplay, but what you do see of it is incredibly charming. So you play as Wright, and you are in the land of, I think it's some Cardboardia, I think is the name of the world. It's really cute. And you are trying to rescue a princess. Like, okay, cool, we've seen that a million gazillion times. And you have some party members, but even though I'm about 75%, I would say, through the game right now, I would say I've only had maybe one real interaction with a with a character. So it's not like you have this party of characters around you at all times and you're constantly engaging in dialogue. I think you get your dialogue mostly from Kenta. And there are some NPCs that you'll come across and the bosses are fun. But yeah, it's mostly just right on this adventure to save a princess and it's every page is a continuation of the page before it. So if you're in a forest, you know, you feel the page, you're in a new part of the forest. And it feels like every page there's a different mini game that you're playing, whether it's whack-a-mole or whether you're playing baseball or maybe it's temporarily an arcade shooter. You're always playing something different. And so it does a really great job at mixing up the gameplay and the content. But I think there's the thing for me that it's almost like it's too much too much charm, too much words. It's not the sort of game you play and you get lost in the narrative. But, you know, maybe this sort of thing will resonate with you if you want to feel like you're playing someone's hand-drawn RPG and you have someone narrating everything that's going on, everything you're doing. Kenta even, air quote here, voices the NPC. There's no actual voice acting in this game, but his little text bubble will pop up and it'll have the mask on of the character he's, you know, speaking as. So it's just really cute. I think most people finish it around seven to eight hours. I feel like I've been playing a lot longer than that. But I'm at the point now where, like I said, 75% of the way through every day, I play maybe a couple of pages, which is maybe like 20 minutes, and then I've had enough. So it really held my my interest for the majority of obviously the vast majority of it. But It's just, it kind of feels like it gets in the way of itself with every little thing being narrated, every little thing being described to you. He even kind of tells you how to like proceed through a level. There's never a moment where he just lets go of your hand and it's like, okay, have fun. Go like figure out what you got to do. And I think for that reason, not, and that could be intentional, right? I think that's supposed to be intentional because it is supposed to feel like you're playing this game with your friend. But with that said, I think there's a lot of folks who are going to find this and fall absolutely in love with it, with its charm, with its uniqueness, with the writing of it. It really does kind of spark again that imagination and that childhood nostalgia of simpler times. And for that reason, like it's definitely one of the most interesting and unique games I've played. And I think if it looks like something you'd be interested in, like absolutely give it a shot. It really kind of sparked something in me that I, uh, you know, that I hadn't felt felt in many years. So check it out. Yeah. I like that. I think it's definitely worth mentioning for its art style alone. That style of animation mm. you just we just don't see ever. Like I feel super original and unique and innovative. Yeah. It really is. And like I said, that's why I'm so playing it is because I'll get through a few pages like, oh that's really cute or oh that's super cute. Oh, I should talk about the combat. There's not a lot of combat in this. And when you do have combat, it's more so you have the full notebook in front of you and you take your pencil, which again is your sword, and you have to try to find the boss's weak point. So you just kind of swipe at the notepad. And if you get it, you deal additional damage. And I've only maybe done a handful of boss fights in this game. You can run out of hit points, which is your little tape measure you have at the top of the corner. And when that happens, the pages just flip and you get a game over. You revive right and you go back and Kinsa feels your health. So it's not punishing. It can be annoying if you die at a particular point and you have to go through some like monologue of text again or something. But that hasn't happened too often. So definitely not a difficult game. Maybe the developers just suffered from over-conceptualizing and spending maybe too many resources on this visual aesthetic and like kind of overall dream they had for the game. And then 
the actual mechanics of the game kind of got lost in it. Is that kind of what it feels like? Yeah, I would say so. I think I think that's a good analogy of it. I think, you know, if this game had been maybe trimmed down, if it was just kind of like, this is very much the beginning, this is very much the middle, this is very much the end, you can just enjoy all those mechanics of it and really take it all in. I think that probably would have been a little bit better. But because this game was in development for so long, sometimes, I mean, just speaking from personal experience, like when I'm working on a project, if I would have like stopped myself from working on something, it probably would have been a lot more cohesive. As Simon likes to say, trim the fat. But the more time you have, it kind of feels like the more you pour into it. And sometimes too much of a good thing is not a good thing. And that could be, I mean, I don't want to speak for them, but that's kind of the sense I'm getting. Okay. But no, it's it's fucking incredible. It's really a little incredible gem of a game. I would definitely recommend checking out again if it looks like something you would enjoy. Knowing what you know about it now before you hop into it. It's not, again, a huge, deep RPG where you're going to get lost in it. It's... More of like, oh, you're doing this. Oh, this is a fight. Oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do that. This is what this character is. You should go look at this thing. And it, Kenta's cute, but Kenta needs to go play outside a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> leave leave me sure. alone with the notebook. Let me it's helicopter parent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the kind of exact opposite of helicopter parenting is a little game that I have been playing. I wouldn't even call it a game. I put out a video on my um, Twitter page earlier this week, but to give you guys a little bit more in-depth into We Are OFK. So this is an interactive series. I think also when I originally approached this, I was like, oh, it's a game. It's like a narrative adventure game. And then once I booted it up, I was like, oh, that's definitely not what it is. And then I went back and looked at the materials that the team at Pop Agenda sent to me. And thank you to them for providing me with a code to play this ahead of release. It definitely sets it up as an interactive series, Mm -hmm. something that's more watchable than playable, which is something to note if you've been keeping your eye on this and you're like, oh, I definitely want to check that out. Don't expect to run into this experience with like a lot of gameplay mechanics because there's basically very little. You do some narrative selections and conversations and there's a couple like mini games at some points, but it's very gameplay light. But you know what? I'm okay with that. Because I think these types of narrative interactive experiences are pretty few and far between. And I really enjoy what they did here. The team at OFK. So OFK is actually this indie band that exists in real life. They performed at the Game Awards. Uh, They announced their game. And... I think it's really cool that they decided, obviously they have background in game dev, otherwise they wouldn't be able to make a game, but I think it's cool that they decided to kind of tell their story about their journey, obviously fictionalized here a little bit about you know what it's like to be in the music industry, to be a young creative, to have to have a job, to pay rent, but also have dreams of doing something else. And I think those are themes that resonate with a lot of people, particularly people who are in creative industries of this idea Like, when do I devote time in my life to being creative? And when do I have to devote time in my life to doing my art? And that's a really tough thing for people to balance, particularly in the economy that we're in right now, right? This idea of like, well, I've got all these bills. It does, I don't have time to play my piano like one of the characters does or to to make my crafts or whatever it is that you're doing that's creative. So I, I like that they kind of touch on those themes and the difficulty around that particularly for young people who are just starting out on their own or or just trying to figure out what it means to like be an adult and kind of make their way in the world. And I think it's a, I think it's cool. It's a very inclusive game as well. They have lots of different types of characters, which I love. And also the text messaging, which you can Hmm. see on screen here, if you guys are watching on our YouTube channel, 
is really well executed and I've seen text messaging in several games and it always just feels so forced. The only other game where it kind of felt natural was, you know, some of the stuff that Life is Strange did, but so much of it just feels like it's just there to serve as a plot device and not actually there to be a meaningful game mechanic. And I actually really love the writing in this game. Hmm. So I just have been enjoying my time with it. I played through the first episode. The first two episodes are out now. They're around 50 minutes each. And they're timed because you basically are watching them. And... You can turn the timer off in the selection of your narrative choices, which I did because I was like, I don't want that stress in my life. (laughs) And the game doesn't make you feel guilty about it, which is great. But otherwise, you're mostly just watching a lot. So this is a really great couch Mm. game. Just like kick back, enjoy the music, enjoy the visuals, let the narrative unfold. And yeah, hopefully you guys have a great time with it. And it's not going to be for everybody. I mentioned that on Twitter as well. Like, If you're not into this style of music, then you probably won't like the game at all because it's, like I said, very narrative heavy and music heavy. Mm. It's about a band after all. But I really liked it and I'm looking forward to playing through the rest of it. Did it give you warm and fuzzies or did you walk away a little little stressed? Yeah, well, I haven't finished it yet. So, so far, no warm and fuzzies because I'm at the very beginning. But it doesn't make me anxious. It's not dark or anything Mm. like that. At least not yet. There may be some dark themes that they introduce. But, I mean, it feels like like a typical TV drama. You know, they're setting up their relationships with these characters and what's happening in their lives and kind of what they're anxious and stressed about. And I think it's so far is is pretty fun to watch. Nice. Have you downloaded the EPs or do you listen to the tracks like outside of playing the game? You know, I actually went to follow the band on Spotify (laughs) because I was so into it. So the music video in each of the episodes has these interactive mini games, which I like. And it's so rare that you get to have a moment in a video game where an entire song plays. You're usually just getting like snippets or samples of tracks. And here they have the entire music video play inside the episode. And you get to do like these little mini games while the music video is happening. And I thought that that was a really cool moment. And then once you finish the episode, you can go back and just replay the music video if you want. And because some of the episodes aren't out yet, I'm assuming that they're going to release the music videos or the music once the episodes release, but they're not available to listen to yet. Got it. At least not that I've seen. But I know that I Am 8-Bit is doing a physical soundtrack, I believe, for this game. Let me just double check. It's neat to see sort of another intersection between two different major entertainment genres, right? Like games and and music where we had like, was it Quantum Break with the TV show that released alongside of the game? Mm-hmm. I like seeing these like different transmedia crossovers. It's interesting. Yeah, I do too. And this, I think this is done well because sometimes they're not. <laughs> and I am Apeit is doing a full LP for We Are OFK. It's pre-ordered though, so it's not out now. But it is a a really cool looking vinyl. If you guys are interested, IamApeit.com. But anywho, Rihanna, yes. you are playing. Two Point Game. I am. So I never played Two Point Hospital. I've seen playthroughs of it. I've watched um, (laughs) some tutorials because I thought about playing it. And then I just got distracted. But it's really exciting to see, you know, this iteration on the the Two Point formula. So if you're not familiar, Two Point Campus is, you know, in the vein of Two Point Hospital from Two Point Studios. This is published by Sega. And it's a simulation management game, but set in a university setting where you're building out 
out different campuses for students and teachers to attend and trying to optimize their their labs, their teaching lecture halls, their dorms, their, you know, rec rooms, planning activities for them, doing all of that stuff, like figuring out your teacher's salaries and, you know, how much you want to charge for admission. There's lots of different levers you can pull to tweak and, and balance and rebalance all of the P&Ls for your university system. So, if you've played Two Point Hospital, if you played City Skylines, if you played Jurassic World Evolution, like you'll probably like this one. You know, it does all of those things, but it does it really well. And it's a very charming presentation. So everybody looks like characters from Wallace and Gromit, and they do hilarious things. Like if you pick up a shower room, for instance, while someone's in there, it's all, you know, digitized out and they freak out like, oh, no, I'm, I'm naked in the hallway of my university. My worst nightmare, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> It's really, really sweet. And I think they did a, a great job at making this a little bit more accessible because the thing that I found a little overwhelming with Two Point Hospital is things went so wrong so quick. Mm. If you make the wrong choice in any one of these different sliders that you have to manage, right? So the idea is you're trying to balance, am I charging enough for tuition? Do I have enough teachers for the class schedules? Am I upgrading each course the right number of times per year? Like, do I have enough bathrooms for everybody? And <laughs> is the food high enough quality that people aren't getting sick all the time. Like there's so much to manage, which is part of the beauty of a sit management game, but it doesn't go off the rails so quickly that you feel like it's insurmountable or you can't figure out what you're doing wrong or what you need to tweak. It gives you lots of grace to test and learn, which I find very helpful because I'm not great at these. I find the challenge very exciting and I'm enthusiastic to try to you know, get better at it, but it does give you room to be wrong. It gives you space to fail, which is important in these. So the way that the game is set up is that you start with a, a basic campus and you do your tutorial levels, right? Some basic stuff. And as you unlock the in-game currency, Kodosh, that lets you purchase different items. So like you can buy a crazy taxi arcade machine to keep everybody mm. excited and entertained so they're happier when they go to class and they learn better. You can buy like an upgraded toilet <laughs> where it's literally <laughs> called a royal flush and Amazing. it makes people you know feel like they got cleaner when they went to the bathroom or, <laughs> or that it makes your bathroom prettier so that when they walk in they feel happy because the attractiveness of each space is an important metric to, to follow as well. So it's pretty great. So I'm playing on Steam Deck because... I just decided to try it in order to test out my Steam Deck with a game like this. And I will say there's a couple of things that I'm having a difficult time with as far as placing stuff down. Now, it's it sounds silly because obviously if I'm playing on Steam, it's meant to be on PC, which I would have a mouse and keyboard, which can get as precise as needed, right? Mm. But I'm testing it. I'm trying to review it for Steam Deck. So I'm using a controller. I'm using either the Steam Deck controls or when I dock to my TV in my living room, I'm using my Xbox controller plugged into it. And it's really hard to get precise movements. Like there are different angles, for instance, that you can place furniture at, or you could tweak how close something is to something else so that the objects are right next to each other to maximize the space in a tiny room without colliding or making something unplaceable. I can't do that with a controller. There's less mm -hmm. precision in placement. And it sounds like a very minor thing, but placing things in a room is... 40% of this game and trying to figure out the optimal way to lay it out so that the characters, either your students or your janitors or your assistants or your teachers can get from point A to point B as quickly as possible or through the path you want them to get through, it becomes really, really hard if you can't tweak things exactly the way you need to. So I will say that is one point not in its favor on console or at least on controller. 
I'm curious because it is on Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation. Yes. If this is just a port issue in the Steam Deck version versus the way the controller mapping is done in the actual console versions. Because mm -hmm. I would imagine that they've fixed that or they've made concessions for that in the controller mapping for the actual console version. They may have. And if they have, I'm sure it's coming to Steam Deck because once again, Steam Deck is very new and they're still working on making games optimized for that platform from their PC uh, counterparts. So I know it's probably going to be fixed or addressed if it hasn't already been and maybe I just missed it. But it is something that makes it hard to play the game. And yeah. it's big enough that if I missed it in a tutorial and I was combing through them, it needs to be called out a little bit more easily. So that's just one one thing that I had trouble with. But quite honestly, it's been a fantastic experience. It is so, so much fun. And I very silly, uh, very silly way managed to get three stars on my first campus before I moved on to the other campuses. So now when I go to the next one, is that oh, no, I don't have any I don't have any in-game currency left. So <laughs> now oh. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Three stars. So I spent lots of the in-game currency Kodosh on unlocking cool things for my first campus. Right. And I spent basically all my Kodosh on making that one the best it could possibly be. So now I'm in next <laughs> tutorial level on the second campus and You're they're broke. like oh you need oh. Uh, you need a new whatever mixing station I'm like I can't afford it <laughs> so <laughs> grab time a spoon to I but, also played yeah. Two Point Hospital I think when Jace was born I tried let me just put it that way <laughs> I enjoyed the mechanics of it but you know what it was for me it was the vibe of the hospital I just didn't think it was like that fun to build mm. a hospital would you say that campus is a little more whimsical a little bit more it, fun it's very whimsical Cold. Okay. The one thing I didn't mention yet is that I absolutely adore is the writing. It is so funny. Like something as like the narrative team really popped off. Like something <laughs> as simple as somebody's name was Ricard Fromage. And I'm like, Ricard Fromage. <laughs> it's a good name. <laughs> good job. You got me. And then they, there's there's that's, uh, that's dick, dick cheese, cheese everybody. everybody. Dick, dick cheese. In case you need me to spell it out for you. And then there's also really fun little moments where you're going to, let's say, the first campus where you're focused on science, right? And they say, oh, everybody loves doing experiments, especially in college or something like that. And it's just... Ah. Yeah. It's just really <laughs> cute, right? Like, it's very cute. It's pretty adult, I will say, if you know what the jokes mean, I guess, in like a Shrek sort of way. Yeah. Lots of innuendo. It's lots, very punny. There's like uh, the head person who like introduced you to the second campus. Their name is DJ Sous Chef, and it's a cooking campus. It's like a cooking school. Cute. I love it's it. It's just really cute. Like, it, it put a smile on my face almost every time I play it. Ah, you know, I loved Theme Park back in the day. I oh. love those sorts of games. Yeah. Man, they're a time sink. I, you're tempting me, Re. I got 16 hours in already, <laughs> so I'm going back for more today <laughs> in between games of Fortnite, which... <laughs> <sighs> I gotta get that downloaded. So much stuff to play. Oh, like The Last Just of Us Part One. Hey, I'm oh yeah. That. Yes, we can officially confirm that we have copies of The Last of Us Part One remake. Thank you to PlayStation for providing us with those. The impressions will go live at eight a.m. Yeah. Pacific yes. time on August first. Nailed it. Yes. The Sony lawyers aren't coming for me today. <laughs> but yeah, so we can't talk about that or anything about that. But what I can talk about is a game that launched last week. Rumbleverse. Hey. So this game has been in development for a little while. It came into, I guess, 
alpha testing and then they did some beta testing and now it's fully available on Xbox, PlayStation, in the Epic Game Store's full cross-platform play. And as I mentioned, I got to speak with the co-CEO of Iron Galaxy, the development studio behind it. And we will show that interview in just a second. But I wanted to quickly just talk a little bit about my time playing Rumbleverse. So for people who are like, what the heck is Rumbleverse? I've been seeing people Mm -hmm. tweeting about it and whatnot. It's a battle royale, but it's not a shooter. It is a brawler. And it's a 3D wrestling game, essentially, that has fighting game mechanics. But without any of the super intricate hitbox frame counting (laughs) that comes with traditional fighting game that makes it a little bit intimidating for people. What I've really loved about my time in Grapital City, oh my god, of of this world is hilarious, is that it feels so fun in a way that I don't mind so much when I get beat because I see how I got Mm. beat. I think sometimes in battle royales that involve shooting, you get sniped or something from across the map and you have no idea like how you got eliminated and so you like watch the playback here you know exactly who took you out and how it happened Uh because there's just no other way because it's a it's essentially a fighting game and I really like how they incorporated a lot of fighting game mechanics into it but made it a lot more accessible like let's use combos as an example so in the game the way that it essentially works is you're going to drop in like you would in a a battle royale instead of getting dropped out of a ship you get launched out of a cannon (laughs) into the circle so only part of Grapital City is available to you in any given match, not the entire map like a lot of other battle royales hmm. do. And I think that that's smart because you're mostly on foot. There's no vehicles in the game to help you cross large distances in short amount of time. And when the circle closes and you're outside the circle, you don't lose health for the first 10 seconds. They give you a 10 count. So they essentially give you this buffer time like as if you were pinned in a wrestling <laughs> that's match. Cute. Where they give you like a a one, two, three, and they're counting up and you have to get back inside the circle. And it's a really interesting mechanic in that sense because it really can change the game because some of the moves where you can throw, you can literally pick people up and throw them outside the circle if you're on the edge can be really strategic at certain points of the game. And you'll drop into the map, you'll smash crates, you can pick up these what looks like giant textbooks that essentially contain different specialty moves. So you'll be able to map two specialty moves, one to the each of the bumpers if you're playing on console. And while you're playing, you can then swap them out with others that you find. And they're based on a rare, a traditional rarity system, like your green, blue, purple, et cetera. And you can essentially find the moves that are going to make sense for your play style. And then you also can pick up chicken. There's different legs of chicken you find around that you can eat for health. But you can also store them in your pocket. You can store up to four items. And you can pick up stamina potions. And then you also pick up protein powder. So there's three kinds of protein powders. And you get, when you're playing in solos, you get 10 points that you can allocate across the three kinds. So there's stamina, there's attack power, and there's health. So very standard stuff, right? And then you get to decide, okay, well, where do I want to spend my points? But it's not just about like, where do I want to spend my points? It's also about what powders do I find when I'm opening these crates mm-hmm. in the world? Hmm. And, and so you kind of have to be smart about what you want to do because you, once you spec 
a point, you can't take it back. Oh. So it's not like as you're going through the map, you're like, oh, well, now I found more attack points. I'd rather have those. No, you have to decide, well, am I going to leave this health powder behind knowing that I might not find one later mm. in yeah. order to kind of create your build? So I like that they've incorporated that that gameplay element into Rumbleverse. And then what I really also like is that as you go through the match and you know more and more people are eliminated, you can really be strategic about how you want to approach your other players. And... I've really never thought that much about gameplay in other battle royales. I really just drop into the map, go to look for the best gun I can, and then, you know, try to find a good place to to post up. I don't engage. But when I play in Rumbleverse, I actually, like, want to go engage people to try to practice out moves and combos. So there's a priority scale with the way the attacks work. So you can just slap people <laughs> just in the game, just slap them back and forth. Or you can use special combos. They have what's called vicious attacks and then your special attacks. And then your special meter builds up and then you can hold your special meter. So if you get KO'd, you can have like an instant revive or your special ability, if you can land it, can actually be a really devastating attack. And when I was playing in duos, Shout out to Sancho West for playing duos with me and kind of showing me the ropes. We did get two victories in duos, which I was very excited about. Mostly going to attribute that to Sancho. Thank you. (laughs) You are way more vulnerable to special attacks when you're in duos because you have lower health. But overall, I've just been having a really fun time in it, and I never thought that I would. And, you know, shout out to the team at Iron Galaxy for creating a unique gameplay loop within a very saturated genre right now and making something that feels interesting and different and clearly colorful with these wacky characters. In the interview, Adam goes into more details about it, so I don't want to, you know, overlap too much. But I think the story he tells is about Chelsea, his co-CEO, kind of coming up with the idea of making it wrestling of it. (laughs) And I was like, that's just saying wrestling makes you really, that's the vibe. of Wrestling. What I like about it too is, so think about like Fortnite and PUBG, right? If you lose a round in PUBG, I feel like you're more prone to be just pissed. But if you lose a round in Fortnite, it's like, ha ha ha, that was fun. Let's go again. I feel like that's the kind of vibe that this game has. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, absolutely. Because of the way that the combat and hit system works, it doesn't feel like anybody's getting cheap Mm. knockouts here it feels like you either know the mistake you made walking into an encounter or you're just outgunned and I use that in air quotes (laughs) like think of it as like arm guns (laughs) outgunned by somebody who has better special moves and knows how to execute them or maybe they picked up all attack powders and have no health. Maybe they made themselves like a glass cannon. But it's never going to be like, oh, I just got one-shotted by like a rocket launcher and there's nothing I could do to fix it. Or I got ran over by a car. I saw that clip of yours. Hey, it's a... Going around. Legitimate strategy. It is. I run over people in Fortnite with cars all the time. But I think that's what's fun about Rumbleverse is that you go in, and right now, because it's new, there's not like these people who have seasons and seasons of experience behind them. It's new for everybody. And I think that that makes it a level playing field and makes it exciting if you're into multiplayer games, particularly battle royales. And the first season just launched, it launched on August 18th. And so now is a great time 
time to check it out and it's free to play so you're literally losing nothing by checking it out and like i said it's fully cross-platform that's awesome which is awesome because epic games is publishing it and they know a thing or two about making games cross hey 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 you guys pay attention let us play with our friends no matter where they are please <laughs> word yes Exactly. So I want to take this time to kick it to my awesome interview with Adam Boyd. So if you want to learn more about the design of Rumbleverse, where the inspiration came from, how the game works, enjoy my fantastic interview. What's good, everybody? Andrea Renee here with a special interview and special guest. Please welcome the co-CEO of Iron Galaxy, Adam Boys. Hello, what is good? It's That's so, what we're going to talk about today. Yes, it's so good to have you on the show. We it's got the to chance here. to talk, of course, at DICE, which feels like a lifetime ago, even though it was only Eons. like six months ago. I know. <laughs> six COVID months, right? So it's like three real life years. Absolutely. And you guys have been incredibly busy launching your brand <laughs> new game, Rumbleverse, which is out now. How does it feel to finally get your baby like out the door? It's amazing. It's everything. It's crazy. I mean, obviously, the team's been working hard to do improvements and matchmaking and queue time and stuff like that. But it is it is so heartening to be able to play alongside a lot of people this weekend, to watch streams, to participate. It's crazy. It is a pinch. We had a big launch party sort of celebration toast on Thursday last week on August 11th when we launched. And then it was like, all right, let's see how it goes. And then over the weekend, yeah, it just it just more and more surreal things happen every day. Andrew, it's pretty amazing. I'm so glad that you guys have had a really successful launch. I know when you put a new game out there, particularly a multiplayer game, it's kind of like a a nail biting, like, are people going to populate the server? How is the matchmaking going to go? And it turns out you guys had the good problem of too many people wanting to play. And, Hmm. you know, it got a little little crunchy on Friday night. It did. It did. I saw I saw some queue times texted at me and tweeted at me for sure. Yeah, I think the longest one I saw was like over 100,000 people in the queue, which is that's awesome. There. So congrats. Yeah, I think the record I saw tweeted at me was 160,000. But yeah. Oh, that's the record. 160,000. Well, that I saw that I saw that people were tweeting at me. But uh, yeah, pretty amazing. I mean, did you guys anticipate it being like this? Or? No, of course not. <laughs> it's just like you just like hope some of my friends show up to play with us and then people start streaming and then other people start to join and it's always nail biting too because you like you want all those people to come in and try it out you know they're obviously downloaded they're spending their time they make a decision to come and check it out but you know you're just thankful that many of them got into it we're able to play it we had we've been having some issues with matchmaking time few times in between matches but the team's working hard to make some fix i mean i've never seen or been part of a smooth online game launch you know, you're trying your best. I think that's that's what we're trying to do here at Iron Galaxy. Deploy patches. We did some soft fixes throughout the weekend. We fixed, you know, a bug where stop signs could do these massive nuclear damage. So the team has been hard working at it. We just took the servers down to a big, huge patch update, which hopefully will be addressing some of the matchmaking stuff. If you're ever curious about where we're at, at Rumble Support is uh, sending out feedback and, and uh, status all the time. But it is harrowing, Andrew, because it's your baby. But you also know there's hundreds of people back in the studio that are also as excited and also, you know, working hard. To, to make it as good as possible. It's almost like you've practiced this answer a couple of times, Adam. <laughs> no, it's literally because I also have been playing it all weekend. So I've also been putting, giving my feedback on like, this happened to me, this happened to me. I saw this as well in the midst of, you know, us uh, triaging and, and, and talking about how to fix issues and address stuff. But I've definitely got my ass handed to me a lot. Me and Johnny V were the Bash brothers online this weekend and we were getting smoked quite a bit. It was his first time playing 
playing, but uh, we got better over time. And it's just had a blast. I mean, I've never played a game where like I laugh pretty consistently when I get my ass kicked. <laughs> That's sort of what we want to do with the game. So I have some footage up at youtube.com slash what's good games, the gameplay trailer that you guys have. If you are listening yeah. or watching the interview going like, what the heck is Rumbleverse? I never heard of this game. So for people who haven't played, I mean, the high level is it's a battle royale, but mm-hmm. it's so much more than that, right? It's an open world brawler with some really innovative fighting game mechanics kind of built into this 3D colorful world with these wacky characters. And yeah. I was playing over the weekend. I played solo for a little bit trying to get my feet under me and then I got to team up with Sancho West who uh, you may or may not know who's awesome. Sancho's great. And so he and I played duos together and it was so helpful for me to play with someone who has you know been with you guys through most of your closed alphas and kind of friends and families and so he and I had a ton of fun we even got two victories so I was very excited about that that's amazing yeah and so I he and I were just kind of talking back and forth about how different this game feels than every other battle royale out there and Mm -hmm. that can be good or that could be bad right yeah it's a a risk right yeah it's a dice roll I I think that's Andrew that you, you hit it on the head like we wanted to be different and when you're different you stand out and if you stand out you might not be the popular one we wanted to build a game it's funny because I was watching a bunch of streams and somebody's like it's like you put fighting in my action platformer right and, and that's kind of like it feels like you know even hearing people ideate on like what other stuff you could add in this world because all I have is this awesome sort of multiplayer interactive world but it is you take a risk and you hope people show up like to your point when they do you get excited but you also get nervous because you're like I hope they like it and then you see some people's reactions are like this is for me or this is everything I've ever wanted and that's kind of like when when we've been making it it is a love letter to a lot of games we grew up with right it's a love letter to you know many of us worked at Midway Games the NBA Jam, NFL Blitz, how games we want to play feel, and also that joy and happiness. Like, we want it to be funny and fun when you get eliminated, or even when you're watching somebody play that isn't that good at it. It should still be entertaining, and that's sort of why an entertainment sort of platform with really fun, what we hope people enjoy, mechanics and stuff like that is important. I'm sorry I keep looking down. It's because I'm in the lobby right now, and I'm looking at my pigeon-headed character, look back up at me being like, <laughs> what are you saying about me right now? What are you saying about me? <laughs> yeah, I saw that in the shop and I've been looking with bated breath for more customization options because yep. I'm no stranger to spending money on cosmetics <laughs> because for people who didn't hear it, it is free to play. So of course anybody yep. can download it and jump in and you guys are fully cross platform, correct? Absolutely. Yep. So you can yep plug in your, um, you know, whoever you want to support to and we have the creator code integration as well which is super cool. But yeah, that's important. And you'll be happy to know that tomorrow, Andrew, we're basically refreshing the store twice a week. You know, one of the things that, uh, you know, we announced the game in December at the video game, the Jeff Keighley's. The video game. Uh, award. No, oh no, the, the, video the game, game awards. awards. Oh my gosh. The why did awards. we both like blank out on what that's called? I don't know. I'm like, the, we, the, <laughs> when somebody started calling them the Keighley's, I was like, that's so fantastic. <laughs> the game awards we announced. Then in January, a month later, we announced a delay, which is never a good look, right? You're like, I think it's coming. We just Everybody's realized we want to do it. Don't worry about it. A lot more work to duos, the playground mode, and just content in the store. We want a lot of rich refresh content. So you're going to see refreshes twice a week, tons of content coming. Hopefully there's outfits that you really love. I know Johnny and I spent a lot of time doing a little bit too much fashion design uh, on our characters. And then uh, August 18th is when the battle pass, and that's going to come with a ton of value. It's uh, a thousand brawler bills. And then at the end of it, if you finish everything, you get 1500 brawler bills. So it's actually a better deal. You get a bunch of outfits along the way too, which is super fun. So we're excited about that. But yeah, you're going to see a ton of cosmetics. We've had so much fun building the outfits. 
Some of them are super over the top. Some of them are hilarious. There's mascots. You'll name it. You'll hopefully see it. Now, I think it's such a fun and, and colorful world. And I'd really kind of love to hear from you about how you guys as a team decided that this was the direction that you wanted to go. Obviously, Iron Galaxy has quite a diverse history in the type of games that you guys have made over the many decades that you guys have been in this business. Whose idea was it or was it like a team effort to be like, let's do a like a battle royale, but with wrestling moves and fighting game mechanics? It was actually so Craig, who runs our uh, production team here at Iron Galaxy, Craig and I were talking. We are like, how can we make a battle royale that stood out? And we were doing like the traditional publisher, like, let's make it super gory over the top. And we finally are talking to Chelsea and Dave and Mealy Mouth trying to pitch this horrible, gory battle royale idea. And Dave's like, that is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. (laughs) And Chelsea literally doesn't miss a beat. And she goes, we should do wrestling. And she says it like that in such a way. That all of a sudden it was like, your whole head explodes. You're like, what if it was? And what if it was suplexes off of 40-story buildings? And what? And then that night we just spent time jamming on the concept. And everyone's born a wrestler. And the greatest wrestler is the mayor. And da, 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 And you start like jamming. And that whole night we had so much fun talking about it for about four or five hours over multiple beers. Next morning we wake up. Craig and I, Chelsea, were jamming on it. We build the Google Doc. We'd say, hey, Dave, we're going to run with this concept. Like, this is a pretty strong concept. And Dave's like, I hate it. It'll never work. It was only funny when we're drunk. So <laughs> we ended up going back to the studio, talking to a bunch of different people on the team. And, and what I love about it, I actually told this story at our, our launch toast, is like, it felt like you pass someone a football in a game and they just know the play. Like, we didn't sit down and tell each of them, like, here's the thoughtful premise. It was like, this is a world, you know, and then Grapple City was born out of it. And is this planet suplex? And what does it even feel and look like? Every single person ran with it and added new concepts and ideas. And it evolved over time until we started pitching it. And even when we pitched it to people, they were just like, this is super dumb fun. Like, this is a really goofy concept that just sounds like it'll work. And when my challenge is, uh, we talk a lot about game development, about wish fulfillment, right? What is the wish you're trying to fulfill? And every time we said, like, choke slamming somebody off a 40-story building, they're like, oh my God, I want to do that. And that was always the first clip that resonated with people. As soon as they saw that huge explosion, this comet sort of coming from the sky, you realize it was somebody that had grabbed someone else and just basically inserting them into the concrete below, it uh, flew. And so I love to see that we don't have a career director. This is a byproduct of an incredibly talented development team and every person has added a little bit of flair and a little bit of their themselves in it and i'm super super proud of how it all came together as one cohesive package it looks and plays in my opinion like a game that came out of one brain but in reality it was 100 plus people's brains that have all contributed over the last four years that's awesome and i think Mm -hmm. that your description is so on point but it's also like so much more than that and this is what i've been learning in my and i've only been playing for about 10 to 15 hours. So really just kind of scratching the surface of a battle royale. That's a lot. That's uh, a lot. But I I admit for the first like two or three hours, I was like really ready to rage quit. I was like, this game's Mm -hmm. dumb. I don't know how to play it. And Mm -hmm. so then I was like, okay, now clearly there's a lot of people tweeting about how much fun they're having with this game. So I just need to watch some tutorials. So I went to YouTube and found some breakdowns and it really helped me understand, oh, I'm not thinking about this the way Mm -hmm. that I should be. I'm thinking about this in the way that I play like Fortnite or Warzone and instead I should be thinking about... Make biggest damage and you're like, no, 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 it's a dance. This is more of a dance that you see someone, you're like, I have a hundred decisions to make versus what's the gun that's going to do the most damage as I see them, right? It is is more of a ballet than it is just uh, pure fisticuffs. 
Yeah, and I think also it's not just about being aggressive. That is certainly a play style if you have the right move sets, you know, equipped, you can do, but it's really more about the fighting game mechanic element of when do I parry? What moves mm-hmm. do I use? When do mm-hmm. I hold like my meter, my super meter mm-hmm. because maybe I want to keep it instead of using it. And I think that that's such an intriguing way to play, and I think people are going to come to this game and not expect that, and I hope they like me will be excited about that and want that challenge. But are you guys concerned that the kind of elusiveness of the difficulty of traditional fighting games is going to be too difficult for players? We did it first for sure, because again, that that is part of our DNA as a studio. We've been around for 14 years. We've worked on a lot of them from Killer Instinct to Dive Kick and Street Fighter Third Strike and stuff like that. But that was actually one of the pillars we want to make it so it was, you know, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of subsystems, right? You're you're working on your super meter. You're also unlocking perks as you go, right? There, you're building your character through the different protein pods that you consume and stuff like that. But what was wild early days is that we realized that the platforming people, the people that were fantastic Spyro and Crash and doing speedruns, were the best players of the game. Because you think that it's about tactileness and input. It's not. It's about spatial awareness, spatial recognition, movement, the cat and mouse, run around a corner, they think you're running, then you sort of spear them right as they run the corner. So that's what we hope that people uncover, that it isn't, to your point, we hope that people don't just go in, get you know beat maybe three or four times, and be like, this isn't for me. There is an artistry to like, let's perch on top. Let's watch what people are doing. Let's come down for a big elbow drop. If I miss, sprint, sprint, run away, jump up a thing, come around a corner and maybe surprise them. So we're hoping that there's a lot of different things. I don't think this is a one note game. So far that I've experienced, people have defeated me in many ways, shapes, and forms. But to me, it's all about that discovery. We hope that more people... And I think as we build the game and it evolves from season to season, we're going to have different modes and stuff like that that come on board. And we're going to hope that they're going to speak to people of different sort of backgrounds and interests too. I hope so too. And I'm definitely looking forward to being able to to check it out and to play with more people. So, you know, we talked a little bit about duos. And yeah. you guys have plans to add... There's Is there trios or quads yet or no? Not yet. No, we just launched with solos and duos and then playground mode, which I highly recommend is you can go to playground mode with your friend. And I actually was watching some amazing streams last night where people like doing college dissertations of like, okay, here's how super works. Here's where you can grab it in the playground mode. So highly recommend most people, even though it is kind of antithetical, you're like, I'll figure it out. So people are going to rounds. I'm like, please go into playgrounds mode, play with your friend. You could turn off the combat flag. You have a little white flag that means you can't be attacked. And that's a great way to just pick up the things, check out the moves. Cause you're right, Andrew, I think first blush, people are like, it's just a battle royale. You just do ABC. You realize that there's a lot of things that we sort of shifted turn. Even when you're outside the circle, you're not losing health, right? Health to us in Rumbleverse is like that is the creme de la creme. So we count people out, right? So they have 10 seconds in aggregate. If they go back in, they can earn their time back in. Every 10 seconds they're in back in the ring, they, they lose a, a one second off their timer. So there's a, a fun sort of aspect of that. But yeah, it was definitely a lot of learnings through the phases rolling it out. So when I was done playing with Sancho last night, I had mentioned that I was talking to you today and he was like, oh, you have to ask Adam, why is the revive and duo so short? And I I was like, okay, I'll I'll ask. (laughs) I've been watching the Twitter um, discussion about that because I have been hearing both. It's not short enough and it's too short. Like half the players are like, I can never get it off. And other players are like, uh, it takes way too long to get it off, right? Or, or, the, or the reverse that Such is too is the short. way of game dev, right? <laughs> so, so to me, there is so many different cat and mouse aspects. Like we did obviously years, months and months, but definitely years of testing of like, what is the right amount? I think it's one of those things that you can always tweak. But like, if you pull off a super and you push everyone away and super speeds up your revive, 
then you could usually get it off even if there's a bunch of things going on. But I mean, what I would say back to Sancho is like, if he thinks it's too fast, I can find you about 100 people that don't think it's fast enough, <laughs> myself included. <laughs> it's like anything with game design. You make a decision, you go with it, you try it on, you see how it plays out, you see how it works, and then you sort of change and tweak if you need to down the road. Yeah, it's been really interesting seeing the different strategy that you have to take when you're playing in duos than mm-hmm. if you're not, because it's not, again, like this keeps going back to this isn't like a every other battle royale. I don't think the overall strategy changes that much in Fortnite when you're playing with a squad versus if you're right. playing solo. I mean, you're basically doing the same thing. But sure. I mean, with the way that the mechanics work, you can really combo together super nicely with your partner, which is a really fun thing to explore. So let's talk um, a little bit more about some of the movesets. So there's some, there's a fun system that you guys have with a rarity, you know, your traditional like green, blue, purples. Are you guys planning to introduce more of those special moves or is it kind of locked for balancing right now? I mean, it's locked for balancing for launch, but that that's the beauty of it. You put all the ingredients out there, you see what do people do with that? And then what happens if we change and evolve in the future? We've been having so many fun that even I had to get a couple talkings to before we launched the game of like, you know, those things you've been playing with in the beta, those outfits, those moves, you can't talk about those, those weapons. I was like, oh, my B, my B, right? So like, <laughs> put those back, put those back in the back pocket. I'll bust those out later. Um, absolutely. That's where we have a lot of fun with it. And to your point, that idea of like, when, you know, this happened to us where Johnny, the uppercutted someone, they're going to the sky. I'm jumping towards them. I javelin tackle them out of the sky because he sort of teed it up. That sort of stuff is so much fun. You can only imagine how much more our designers and our QA people and our artists are in the lab sort of trying to figure out how can we, you know, we're watching all the streams just like everyone else is. And we're like, oh, how can we make it even more impactful and more fun to play? Were you guys nervous at all about joining the heavily saturated battle royale genre? Are you concerned that people are going to like, you know, pop off on this game because it launched and it's new and then are going to go away? Or are you thinking, hey, we can do this. We can stick here. Oh, totally. I mean, it's always it's always a risk, right? When you're entering a genre that is like, oh, there's titans everywhere. Things come and go every week. But the way that I look at this game, I look, I'm like, what would another game play like in Rumbleverse? And I can see that in a lot of different things. If you thought about Mario Brothers, what would that feel like in Rumbleverse? I can play it da 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 boom, boom, grabbing, you know, Goombas and the elbow dropping and stuff like that. And so to me, I think what the team has done an incredible job is building almost like an entertainment platform because you can, I can, I, I can't wait to see the first podcast hosted in Rumbleverse. Like that's the kind of way I look at it, Andrea. And, and I think we as a team look at it because that's more like, can it be around for a long time? Can you go with the flow too? What if we stumble across a, a limited time mode that people all want to play exclusively? Like maybe what we do is we we roll that in. So to me, it's it's absolutely a marathon, right? We have multiple years that we want to support this game. You hope people stick around. You hope people like it. You hope they vibe with it. That's the best you can hope for. I mean, we, we all know that hundreds of games get launched every year. You just hope you try to stack the deck with the right amount of features and we have an incredible team. I think we found an amazing publishing partner to help us as well. So you hope that we made a couple important decisions, but the players are going to tell us and the streamers, right? If they get entertained, if their viewerships are good, right? There is a commercial part of that. Enough people are buying, you know, the things in the game. That's all important stuff that we hope. 
does well. Well, I certainly think Epic is a perfect partner for this. Are we going to see a Fortnite crossover? It feels like they would mesh well together. You should ask Donald. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, okay, like, I'll you can him. imagine the the IP the IP uh, discussions. You know, are obviously fast and furious. We're super excited about any opportunities. We wanted though to start really freshly with our world. That was super important to us. So we made a cognitive decision of like, let's just that stuff will come when it comes when it makes sense when it feels organic. But for the meantime, let's focus what they what the Fortnite team and the Rock League team and the Fall Guys team have been incredibly generous with is their information, their their knowledge, their learnings, their best practices, their improvements they've done. So a lot of the things that we've learned from as a development team have been because that they've brought us basically through we got our master's degree in Fortnite, which is pretty impressive. They've been incredible on that front. Well, that's wonderful to hear. Well, Adam, we could probably just talk about everything for hours, but I wanted to end this interview with something a little off the wall. So I have something here with me, Adam, and I wanted to get a personal recommendation from you. Wow. Oh, yes. Let's go. So for people who are listening on podcasts, I just held up the Iron Galaxy Eats. It's a cookbook. So you guys put out a cookbook during the pandemic. We did. And I have to say, there's some there's some good ones in here. All, I, you know, I opened up to one Carter Lipskins. <laughs> Carter's going caprese. Uh, but I wanted That's to amazing. ask if you have any favorite recipes from this book that you think that I should try. <sighs> man, oh man. Um, you know, the whole thing was inspired. Dave did a stream about making a, a cheesesteak sandwich, like right at the start of the pandemic. And that sort of, we started then doing streams. So we would do cooking streams where people would live stream just within the studio, make their favorite stuff. I've cooked a few of other people's stuff. Of course, I put in Greg Miller's chicken wings because I make that for the kids since they were young enough to like spice. And so I didn't even ask him, but we did send him a cookbook. Hopefully he's okay with it. We're not monetizing this. So I'm sure it's fine, right? We call it Greg Miller's chicken wings um, in there. Sorry, Greg. Thanks for having me on on uh, Friday. It's uh, fine. But the the ones that are personal for me, we uh, I put the two recipes when Jen and I got married. We gave everyone each a family recipe. One is for Nanaimo bars and one is for her Aunt Mary's cheesecake. And so we put those both in the cookbook. And those to me are very, very personal oh, because the Nanaimo bars our, are, are legit. Ooh, if you've never had a good Canadian dish, Nanaimo bar, it's really, really rich. Fantastic for the holidays. That's great. And then I grew up, uh, my uncle's Greek and, and Spanakopita uh, was, uh, was a mainstay. And Taropetes, and so there's a scan of Spanakopita recipe in there that I made a few times as well. That's I also the ones see that I here submitted. you have a, a mushroom and leek bread pudding recipe. Yeah, Jen made that about four years ago for Thanksgiving, and everyone's like, bring that every time you ever see us. Uh, <laughs> and that is, I think it was uh, it was evolved from an Ina Garten, which is all about, you know, all gas, no breaks, right? She's right. full whole cream, butter the whole nine, and it just, it just took the house down. So we put that one in too. But what I loved about it too is everyone's put preamble a a lot of them are family recipes that people put in there. It was just neat to share across the whole studio a little bit about who we are. I think being personal, the culture at Iron Galaxy is very important to us. And trust me, producing a cookbook, not as hard as producing a video game, pretty damn close. A lot of people <laughs> put a lot of hard hours into the building that for sure. Well, it's a really fun keepsake. So, so thank you so much for uh, for sending this over to me. I'm definitely looking forward to trying out more of these recipes. Well, Adam, awesome. thank you so much for joining me on the show today. If people want to learn more about Rumbleverse, where is the best place to do that? They go to Twitter at Rumbleverse. If you want to see where the status is of stuff at Rumbleverse support, they can follow us at, at Iron Galaxy, which is obviously where you get all the studio news. And thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, I guess for now, we should meet in Grapital City. Let's do it. I'm in. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Adam. All right. Thanks so much, Andrea.
Thank you again to Adam for taking the time to hang out with me. We will have a fun gameplay clip of Adam and I playing a little bit together on the What's Good Games Twitter account. So be on the lookout for that. And yeah, at Rumbleverse on Twitter is the place to learn more about the game if you guys want to check it out. Brittany, what do you think? You think maybe you would test this out after you're done playing some Dragon Ball in Fortnite? I mean, if you can grip me away, grip me away, peel me away. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Rassle peel you me. away. Rassle. <laughs> I wish I was as quick as you were. See how witty you are? <laughs> Dang. Don't even talk to me anymore, Andrea. I ruined it. Just talk to your Ah, <laughs> uh, you didn't ruin anything. But that does bring us to the end of the show. Thank you so much to everybody for hanging out with us. And I hope you enjoyed. Let us know in the comments on YouTube. Tweet to us at what's good underscore games. Write to us at contact at whatsgoodgames.com or leave us a comment at patreon.com slash what's good games. And Rihanna, you've been posting a lot of stuff. Where can people follow you and check out what you're up to? Yeah, best place to find me is on Twitter at Rihanna Tweets Now. That's R-I-A-N-A Tweets Now. And yeah, I've been a little bit more active over there, I think. Uh, just trying to let people know what I'm doing, my thoughts, yeah. how random they are, you know? They're good thoughts. This is why you fit in so well here at What's Good Games. <laughs> yes. Join the randomness, the family of randomness. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.